10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6. Hello and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update of everything that's happening in the Rocket Pool community. My name is Wack, today is November 27th, and we've got a quick episode for you all today, but it's full of some really interesting stuff. So we're going to get started um, once again with some Lido news. So Lido, as you know, are way too big, doing all sorts of like messed up things to kind of take control of Ethereum. And now we've got news of a new Lido node operator called P2P Org. And here Tony shares the tweet saying uh, P2P Org announces that it will get it will call get header later in the slot, trading off chain stability against more MEV profits. This is exactly the decentralization behavior that shouldn't be tolerated as long as we as users have the choice about where to stake our assets. And then goes on to say we can already see this behavior playing out on MEV booster picks soon. Um, I'd encourage users to go for another staking pool that doesn't play games and relays to, relays to slightly delay the delivery of bids to those parties that value profits more than decentralization. So let's um, try to figure out what this what this actually means. So if we um, go to the Discord, Jasper shared this tweet. Um, and then he um, followed up with this information from the ping server and he says, context, if you have um, you have a window in which to call header to submit your block when you're the proposer in staking. It says the extra time is designed to allow slightly late submissions without hurting the network. However, a study earlier this year found that waiting to the extreme allows for more bids to flow to relays and enables more profitable blocks to be built. As such, there's an incentive to wait until the very last moment to submit a block. However, this makes safety the safety window useless. So what does this mean? So um, what happens is when you're building a block, there's a part of that block where the block proposer um, gets all the, um, the different information from block builders and um, they kind of get that together and then they say, yeah, this is good. And when they say this is good, then they send it off to be tested. I think um, I'm not really up to date on all the technicals of the exact process that happens, but basically there's a four second um, window where um, this process takes place and by waiting until the very end of those four seconds, um, you have a bigger chance of more um, transactions or more um, more um, information going to the relays, which means that more bids going to the relays, which means that you can uh, get an outsized um, share of transactions for that block, which means that your block is then more profitable if you know they bid up the the MEV or tips or all that kind of stuff, then you you get a better block. Now, what does this? Um, what impact does this have? Let let's. Um, well, actually, let let's see what's what's. Let's see what Jasper said here, and then we'll we'll go um, to some takes next. So here, Yorick, who is actually also a Lido node operator through crypto manufacturer, um, says that um, Lighthouse basically will. Um, reorg late blocks by default so that's a defense no so basically what's happening is that this is this has been known for some time and only now um, are people like uh, p2p uh, org they are trying to utilize that and kind of use that in their own block uh, block creation and as a lido node operator of course you know they've got over one percent of the network goes through them so they get an awful lot of blocks every day and they will then use those um to maximize their own profits while while limiting the person who builds the block after them. So what 
the impact basically what Jasper's kind of talking about here and what others have said is that um, by doing this, you kind of um, hurt the rewards of other people who aren't doing this because you're kind of taking their rewards a little bit and you're also, um, yeah, and then they other people will have to kind of compete um, with this to to get their own share back basically and what this what happens with this though is that if your hardware or if your internet connection is not up to um, waiting until the last moment then the person who built the block before you will be taking um, bids that could have been coming into you they're taking it um, and if you wait until the last moment it might be that you miss the miss the slot and you don't uh, you aren't able to produce a block so this will lead to things like chain um, chain instability it will uh, cause centralization to those who can use this um, technique uh, maximally because their aprs will be higher than people who can't do this so it's a centralization force and all of these things together kind of had a lot of people worried this weekend about um what, what's happening here so yorick said that you know um, lighthouse has a defense built in um and um he had just been replied by saying um, Yorick seems to be suggesting that people who do this should be reorged. Um, more context than this link to um, uh, Lighthouse um, GitHub, I think. Yep. And then Yorick says, "Yep, I like the idea of that default reorg of late blogs, uh, late blocks as widely deployed as feasible." Jasper says, "I like it. However, there's some legitimate people who get hit. For example, Coinbase submits late blocks usually because of their convoluted signing system." Um, and then Valsa, um, Jasper quotes Val says, "We can uh, maybe we can discern between those two." Um, Val says, I meant post facto. Uh, it'd be possible to add live with a tweak, I think. Um, Yorick says, I'm not really worried about Coinbase being slow because of them being convoluted. Improve your stuff. They have the funds to throw at, it, um, at DevOps to make it happen. And Val says, that's a fair take if it gets clobbered. But essentially, all of these options boil down to we punish late so you can't play games too hard. But then the the problem is that you know if you punish late then um genuine like solo stakers etc might be, need the extra time to produce their blocking time and they might technically get punished um in certain situations so lucas says you know where exactly does the instability happen please elaborate um val says um Val says, yeah, if you call it too late, the next block, some folks will see a proposal and some won't because it was too late. So it impacts who sees it in the next block as well. So there's some um, issues there. Uh, Jasper says, if you have some weird latency, then they'll miss their block because they have zero buffer instead of the buffer the network normally allows. Um, and Val says, so you get missed proposals sometimes and worse splits in the chain that can lead to reorgs one way or another. It all works out in the end, but it just means the chain stay is in realistic flux longer. Um, and then there was some discussion over here as well that you can go and read if you're in the ping server. That's where this discussion was taking place. Um, then on Reddit, there were a couple of takes. I'm going to read my take that I posted on Reddit yesterday. And this was the most updated comment on Reddit yesterday. So I said, LIDAR up to some fuckery again. I said in this post, um, Tony shows how a LIDO node operator P2P org. So this was actually run by Vasily, who is a co-founder of LIDO. I said they've announced that they'll start waiting to produce blocks. There's a function called get header that the block proposal is supposed to call at time equals zero, but node operators have until time equals four seconds um, to help uh, home operators who might have latency issues by waiting to call that function. They get up to four seconds more of MEV block MEV into their blocks. The impact of this have it'll further centralize Ethereum to organizations who have the ability to still produce blocks while waiting the longest amount of time home operators or decentralized services would not be able to wait so long because they're more likely to f then fail in block production this is um, people will go to services that give them the best yield in 
NSTs without thinking about the potential impact on the Ethereum network. And then, of course, those who play these games will have the best yields. And then it says Lido have, I said uh, Lido literally have the golden goose in their possession, but they're killing it. It's extremely short-sighted and it might have horrendous impacts to the rest of us stakers. Please speak out against this. So then there were a whole lot of comments. So it was a discussion that kind of came up from this as well. Um, and, you know, it was it was quite a good discussion. I think that was happening um, with some really good points that were made there. And then also on um, Reddit, um, let me actually change this so it's a bit easier for you all to see. Um, also on Reddit yesterday, um, Huarog um, had this comment as well, saying Lido or in today's news, um, P2P org um, seem to be helping on twisting the base layer of their value extracting goals. The announcement of P2P to slightly delay the block production is nothing else than stealing the MEV from the following proposal to fill their pocket and increase STETH's APR. In the long term, this hurts the decentralization and credible neutra neutrality narrative. The protocol cannot defend itself against all attackers. As these attackers are planning already or potentially could do if they grow larger the question is then how does how can the layer zero defend the protocol awareness campaigns have been important but we can only get so far lido has received a lot of pushback from layer zero and um, ethereum foundation researchers lido and today um, p2p seem to be unfazed by this in my view any long-term player in the ethereum space would um have taken the hint but apparently lido does not think they have to change that approach and pushes even harder that's why i'm personally ready to go a step further i'm not ready yet to slash lido any large bad actor to a more reasonable level i'm not against this approach um but i think we're just not there yet at the moment i can imagine myself installing a node software which does the following just to be clear i'm not a protocol expert so i might be describing things wrong and he says um don't uh, get attestations from Lido validators. Um, don't uh, accept blocks built by Lido um, node operators and don't um, include Lido attestations in um, other block per building. So this is my understanding. Lido only has a fraction of the actual nodes in the network. They've got like 35 nodes. Um, so we, the Stolo stakers and Rocket Pool operators, have large leverage in forwarding attestations and blocks. All these steps should definitely also hurt the credible new... Um, would also would also definitely hurt the credible neutrality of the network and set a bad precedent but it's something each and every node operator can decide for themselves if successful it would send a clear signal to any large staking provider that there might be a limit one should not cross so i'm not endorsing the comments of this of this uh, post but th this is the point where people are kind of reaching now where they um, are reaching some really like strong reactions and and um, people, you know, here, Rooftop Potter Potty says, I would run this client. Tricky Troll says, I would do the same. Lido is a bad faith actor. Um, and then um, there was some there was some interesting questions that were coming up about, you know, this being the protocol design um, and that um, they, they're technically working within the rules. This is an issue that we've known for a long time. But um, those discussions, I'll, I'll let you all find the those arguments and you can explore those on your own um here what i will share is vlad and vlad is also um uh, someone who works at p2p uh, org and he says um tony it's really important that you raise this topic but let's be honest and try to understand whether this actually needs leads to a centralization issue and how mev request delays affect the network's health so this is a tweet thread and he says network health um did we delay the time of the bid request yes but did we shift the block proposing time no this is evident at least in your chart where p2p has the lowest variance and select build time not exceeding one second 
And it says, do P2P.org um, trade off stability, having one of the lowest miss rates among the network, 0.17% last month. And it says, research over the years shows more validators experimenting with MEV delays, not prohibited by the protocol. Its use is likely to rise. We advocate for healthy delay practices and active, actively uh, promoting this approach. And then there's um, there's a screenshot of... Um, how how you can and can't delay MEV it says you can't delay the MEV request too much for two reasons one the validator has four four seconds to receive bid sign the block and send it to the MEV relay um, leaving enough time for the block propagation within the network high delay in MEV request shifts block propagation and can lead to block misses it says late blocks due to high delay will lead to an increased number of forks and reorgs since some nodes won't receive new blocks timely speaking about the second point the plot below shows that 95% of blocks utilize bids submitted be before 1.1 second um, having that we're about 0.1% um, reorgs currently increasing MEV requesting delay too much may increase the number of reorgs drastically so then Vlad goes on to say uh, questioning participation of uh, prioritization of profits over decentralization is baseless as well P2P org pioneered opt-in MEV relays um, empowering user choice we're committed to client diversity contributing to DVT and, and its Lido integration for solo stakers we also um, support Haleshki network maintaining 100,000 Genesis validators and do much more all with a single aim to build a decentralized future let's not distort the facts so in that case oh Evan Jones here replied by saying the Ethereum Foundation thinks what you're doing is harmful for the network and then there's a link to a tweet thread from Casper um, who is I guess someone who works with the Ethereum Foundation so um, this you know you can uh, I've, I've kind of presented both sides of the argument um, I have clearly stated what my uh, position is but um, you you all can read about it and and find out a little bit more yourselves if it's something that you're curious about but I, I think this is just another you know uh, piece of evidence in the long list of things where we can um, we can say that Lido is a profit maximalist and not a good actor, but um, you can reach your own decisions yourself. Okay, next we've got some really good news. Um, well, fun news um, that happened yesterday. So we had the RPL benefactor put in a transaction hash in um, our transaction link actually in um, Discord. Um, and then um, he said, I have RPL. So... Um, if we have a look over here, um, the RPL that the benefactor was talking about was um, this RPL that was, well, some ETH that was sent um, by me um, that added up to being about 110 RPL. At the time, it was about um, $3,000. $3, so um, the price have come down a little bit now. So um, here, Dukey says, what are the rules? Um, but I said, um, Benny and I will share the rules tomorrow or on Tuesday, depending on things. Um, so I said, um, 3,000, uh, 300 episodes this week on Friday, we'll have the 300th episode of Rocket Fuel. And I said $3,000, but there's going to be more to it. But I'm not Patricio or Thomas, so this is going to be a community thing. So um, then um, what happened today was um, I made this post this um, this afternoon saying, here's the deal. You were all amazing and got me thousands of dollars in the previous gig coin grants round rocket fuel i remember i i talked about it on rocket fuel a few times so i'm sure you know a whole bunch of you guys were contributors to that so thank you so much well the majority of that money now is going to um, the rpl benefactor so um i said rocket fuel will have its 300 episode on friday december 1st so i decided to know 
donate $3,000 of the grant amount to the RPL benefactor to donate to you all. However, $3,000 is shrimp money because I'm a shrimp, but I want the money to come um, to you all to be whale money. So I set a target of $10,000 for all to raise for Benny. So I said, how will we raise the money? First of all, you can become the benefactor by buying the donation POAP. And then there's a link to the checkout that we're going to have a look in a second. And it says the POAP costs $100. Um, all money will go to Benny to be donated to you all. And I said, on top of that, I'll be hitting up some whale the team etc um, and asking them to donate um, if they want to donate more than $100 you know from buying the pop so um, then I go on to say if by Friday Benny's wallet has crypto worth $10,000 he'll convert everything he has to RPL and distribute to you all if he doesn't I then Benny will re return the crypto to those who donated. Um, and then I said I'll let Benny come up with the rules of how it's distributed I'm sure he'll let you know soon so what I what I meant here was that um, the goal is to raise ten thousand dollars of crypto, and if the ten thousand dollars target is not hit by Friday when I release the three hundredth episode, then well maybe up till the end of the day Friday, um, if the three thousand dollar target is not hit, uh, sorry ten thousand dollar target is not hit by then, then it will all be called off, and everyone who put money um, in will get their money back. Um, yeah, we'll get the money back. Um, but if we hit $10,000, then um, round three of um, do, um, distribution from the RPL benefactor will start and that that will happen. Um, so let's have a look and then we'll come back here. Um, so here is the POAP. Um, the POAP uh, says, I am the benefactor. Um, and uh, if we have a look, um, we got some information here. So the description is on December 31st. Um, December 1st, sorry, 2023, WAC hosted the 300th episode of Rocket Fuel, his daily news show about the Rocket Pool community and protocol. In celebration, WAC donated $3,000 to RPL Benefactor, a member of the Rocket Pool community known for distributing RPL to community members. WAC donated the money with the caveat that the whole community must rally to reach $10,000 in total donations. Once that amount was reached, the RPL Benefactor would distribute the RPL to members of the community. However, if that amount was not reached by December 1st, the RPL ETH whatever would be sent back to donors this rpl uh, this pop was part of the fundraising drive to reach the ten thousand dollar target this pop was sold using a pop checkout with the aim of reaching the ten thousand dollars and the people who bought the pop donated one hundred dollars which is the cost of the pop to the rpl benefactor for them to um for the benefactor to distribute to the Rocky Pool community. In donating their money, they became the RPL benefactor. This POAP was created by Shifrin and it was distributed by WAC through POAP checkout. So as you can see over here as well, the payment goes to the RPL benefactor. Um, you can see that at the bottom, um, it's not coming to me, it's not going to anyone else. And the benefactor, of course, has distributed thousands of RPL, thousands of dollars worth of RPL. Um, so I, th I think they're pretty trustworthy uh, as, as a person. The POAP here says, I'm the benefactor, and um, it kind of riffs off the um, Benny's uh, profile picture on on Discord. So it's a really cool POAP. Um, 12 of them have already been sold. Um, so that's over $1,000 that has already come in. Here, if we have a look, let me actually refresh the page. Um, so you can see some of the amazing people who have already bought the POAP. So we have a pooling smoothie, um, Emma Lynn, um, and there's an address, rpl.eth, uh, brandonh.eth, rocketpoop.eth, uh, steely ninja, uh, mosin.eth, ramana.eth, uh, baldin.eth, rplmaxi.eth, and me. Um, 
I, I didn't pay for the pop. <laughs> I minted it myself. So <laughs> there's there's <laughs> there's that missing. But um people people are already buying it, which is which is really cool. So if we go back to um the Discord, um you can see here that um Uh, yeah, there, there are 100 pops available, um, and that will uh, take us over the 10,000 uh, amount. But people can keep buying it if they want. And if the 100 sell out, then I'll request more mint codes. Um, there were some issues with the payment um, initially, but I think that's been fixed now. Dondo here was kind of funny. He says, "Dear 2021 self, I wish I'd ex I I wish I could explain, but you'd never understand. Life, as you know, will cease to be, and you're unprepared." And there's a screenshot of that. This pop costs one hundred dollars, <laughs> and then. Um, and then um, uh, the RPL benefactor came into Discord and he says, who should get RPL um, ideas? So people were kind of sharing their ideas on who should uh, be getting um, um, RPL. And there were some different ideas about, you know, people who've got high cost basis, uh, node operators who are under collateralized, anyone, everyone who bought uh, the POAP uh, or everyone that contributed to Rocket Fuel who have Rocket Fuel POAPs. Um, and then Albert says people with owl in the names. Owlage says um, give the people who bought the pop double. Uh, Pateris says IMC GMC members. Um, and then there was a whole bunch of um, other suggestions. And <laughs> um, I said that I like the idea of people who contributed to Rocket Fuel, but I'll leave the distribution criteria up to Benny and. Benny can decide um, who gets the RPL and how much they get and all that kind of stuff. The The main thing is that, you know, we get to that $10,000 mark. So there's a nice amount that people will be getting. So people then were just kind of talking about that. And um, yeah, it's it's when when Benny's in town, like the the mood of the Discord just lifts so much. So it's it's always really great to, to see that. Yeah. Okay, next uh, we have this post from Ken where he's talking about um, how to apply for ETH Denver. So um, for some of you who don't know, like ETH Denver is an annual Ethereum conference. It's one of the big community conferences for Ethereum. So it's more about community members and people in the community than like developers. But of course, everyone attends because it's awesome. Um, so um, Ken says, you know, the application for next year's um, ETH Denver uh, conference has opened now and he says attached is a communication that I got with the simple instructions as follows it takes about five to ten minutes of your time so he says one go to ETH Denver to apply two there's a video that you can watch uh, he says you can recognize some of the rocket poolers in the video who are jumping around in the onesie buffy corn suits and then he says three you will click on the apply to attend ETH Denver or um, BBB spoke whale VIP button um, they both appear in the same to be the same destination at the moment it says the link should be ethdenver.summon.xyz so he says to um, qualify for a free ticket or to apply sorry you have to do three things so either you um, stake at least one spark to get a s spark token it says if you attended uh, last year then you should have some spark in the wallet that you got your ticket at on polygon um so it says if you went last year, you should have airdropped some Spork. If you do not have Spork, um, there's alternative ways that you can you can complete it. It says complete the alternative quest of promising to stake Spork when you get some this year. It says then um, you add an email address. You can use a burner email address, but remember that um, 
your tickets will go to this address. So um, keep that in mind. Um, make sure there's something that you can check and then fill out the apply application and share some of your interests so they can plan out the schedule and then click submit. So Kendon has his own tip saying a possible um, strategic play is pick up one of the floor BBB NFTs, which is worth around 0.04 ETH. And then there's a link to where you can buy them. And it says keep this in your wallet that you register with. In the past, they've had semi VIP benefits that made it worth the price of the NFT. And of course, you can also, also sell the NFT later as well, potentially. Um, so you get faster line access, you get lounge with drinks, you get snacks and games and a quiet place to get away from the crowds which is quite nice. So then Ken, um, Ken shared all that information, which was really nice. Thank you, Ken, for that. So get applying to Denver, get your plans going. Um, there's, of course, you know, this um, ETH Denver um, thread where people are kind of discussing what the, and getting everything sorted out and the process of um, uh, staking their Spork token. Uh, some people had issues because of bridging and having Matic token to pay for gas on Polygon and all these other things. So there might be some friction. So don't leave it too late before you um, take the steps needed to get your ticket because um, East Denver is the, the best party in town. So definitely keep that in mind. Okay, next we have this really cool thing from Butter who um, shared it on Twitter earlier today saying, um, I built Ethereum GPT, which was um, trained with the consensus layer API specifications. If you're a builder looking to access specific data or just have a question about staking, try it. So here there's a link to the specific um, agent that um, Ethereum GPT, which will give you um, answers about questions. So like for example you know here there's a conversation like can you tell me about attestation rewards and then um, the gpt is telling you about attestation rewards saying you know attestation rewards in ethereum are determined by several factors can be achieved using specific api endpoints and then it gives you code and gives you all the different um, information there um, so then uh, butter also added on saying it also uses um, um, ben um, ben eddington's um, eth2 book as a preferred knowledge base. So it can pull the information from there as well. So a lot of people um, tried to like started um, giving really positive feedback. Casper said, I, I did almost exactly the same a couple of days ago and had GPT write a script to scrape all EIPs into PDF and added that too. Uh, can share if you'd like. And then there's um, other people as well saying that there's some shortcomings with the model still and we might be missing some information, but um, there's a, a lot of people really praising this. So if you uh, want, you know, fingertip access to um, a question answering service for um, your um, um, Ethereum questions, then click um, click on the link that Buddha shared in the tweet and you can get started. Okay, finally, we're going to end... Um, yeah, finally, we're going to end today's episode with this talk from Justin Drake, where he talks about single... Um, one-shot signatures and um and how they're going to work so justin's talked about this a long time ago like in a bunch of different places and this is the thing that he thinks is like 10 15 years away on um on the roadmap so he says one shot signatures surprising outcome from mixing cryptography with quantum physics we'll discuss the crazy uh, cryptography behind one shot signatures as well as how they radically change the end game for the blockchain industry the talk is for futurists this is the new moon math so the thing with this uh, with this talk is in these 46 minutes you can watch it yourself is uh, justin talks about how uh, you know these um, single shot signatures are necessary for making ethereum quantum resistant um 
But one of the side effects is that we won't need 800,000 validators on the on the network to um, once the system goes into place. Uh, we've got way too many validators. So just in size, you know, there'll be um, there'll be enterprises like Google and others that'll be able to run run everything. And because it'll all be like um, you know zkified and uh, all the the code will be. Um, easily verifiable you'll see that everything is like supposed to be the way it's supposed to be but um yeah it'll be a much um uh, there won't be a necessity for so many stakers so if you are um in rocket pool um you know and you plan on staking for a really really long time then um keep that in mind because it might be that <laughs> your uh, your stake you know your staking uh, system won't uh, be as future proof as you might think it is it might not be the path to generational wealth like superphys likes to say um it might just you know run for 10 15 years until other systems come into place but anyway i'm going to enter this episode there thank you all for watching listening and being part of the rocketful community i hope you all had uh, a lovely weekend and get buying that pop um I think uh, Benny's going to be up to some um, uh, some of uh, Superphys' games, maybe. So definitely keep that in mind. But um, I will see you all tomorrow. Bye.